Fruition is an indie rock folk band from Portland, Oregon. Their most recent studio releases were a pair of albums the band released in conjunction with one another, Broken at the Break of Day and Wild as the Night. The band has been together for some time now, forming a sound that harkens back to 60s folk music while keeping their sound fresh and current. I had the chance to catch up with them at Winter Wondergrass Festival in Tahoe, California. Kellen talked to me about the band, their writing style, and what to look for in the future with the band. I hope you dig it. All right. Well, you guys are back on the road um, after the shutdown, and I'm um, just kind of interested in how things have been, um, touring and all that, since uh, things got going again. It's been, man, it's been a total trip. Um, when things first got shut down, like, we were on calls every couple weeks with with management and booking, like, all right, we got to get stuff in place for when it, when stuff opens back up, like, you know, be ready. And then stuff didn't open back up for a year and a half. Right. Um, and during that time, we kind of like, like everyone else, had a lot of time for reflecting and kind of just like taking a, a breath and taking a deeper look at what it is that we do, why we do it, what we want to be doing in the future, should the world open back up. And now that it kind of is, like we, we kind of changed our outlook as far as we have this one life to live and and like you know when we we're younger and like wanted to be on tour 200 plus days a year playing that many shows a year like that made sense and and then having that great pause was uh so crazy because uh you know we got to like experience a little bit of what it's like to not live in a van and live in a hotel and live in a green room and live you know gas station coffee and all that right. um so we kind of retooled our touring model a little bit. and uh, So for now, yeah, we're, we're finally at, back out and doing it, but we're doing kind of like these like short bursts of tours, like where we do four or five nights um, or a festival. Like this summer, we're doing a lot of festivals, and it's picking back up, but um, just the like 24-7 grind model isn't sustainable um, in, this, in this world, ever-changing world that we live in. Um, it's just like hard enough just to like keep your head straight on your shoulders without um being away from home for you know you just kind of you just kind of miss out you we realize i think a lot of us realize that you kind of miss out even though it's such a special and incredible and unique job being a musician and, and being a touring musician like you get to experience stuff that so few people get to experience whether it's playing winter Wondergrass or um you know playing at red rocks amphitheater like doing these things that some people only dream of and then it's funny that you don't really think about i'm not like trying to get a pity party at all like you don't really think about the stuff that musicians don't get to do <laughs> um whether that's you know have a garden or you know a dog or like a family you know what i mean you get to a certain level of success and you can pull off those things because you can afford it but if you're kind of in this i don't want to say purgatory because that's a little negative but when you're kind of in this limbo um financial fame notoriety wise as a as an artist you're just scraping by and you have to tour 200 some days a year to be able to make the rent and insurance and all these payments and stuff and so you don't get to necessarily live that like peaceful easy home life yeah 
So like when we were forced to do that last year, 2020, like I think a lot of people and not just our band, like kind of op got to open our eyes to like uh, see a life that we could potentially live. So we're trying to like balance that a little better these days instead of just road dogging so, so hard. Trying to have something that, something a little more, uh, yeah, like I said, balance and just peaceful and balanced. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of talking in circles, but I think you get the gist. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure, for sure. I get it. Um, what were, what, what are some of the long-term changes you've made to the band that would be different from a few years ago? Um, uh, well, like, like I said, kind of like the touring model. Like we're not, we're not uh, unless we have a, a new album, which at the moment we have a live album, but I'm talking like new songs, studio. Uh, something that we could push while we're out on the road, something that we can push to radio and press and something that gets fans excited and gets us excited and just generally lights a fire under um, the engine of a touring rig, you know? Um, that's when we'll get out there and, and hustle. Okay. But for the time being, we just want to play, stay sharp, play, um, play cool events, play stuff that like means something and not necessarily get on the road and and build a new market in some town in somewheresville usa right. where 10 people come out at to the bar show and like we don't want to do that mm -hmm. uh and maybe that sounds like prima donna ish or something but we did that we did that for 15 years mm -hmm. of going to you know lafayette louisiana and playing this bar and then coming back in six months to like slowly build that market we we put in that work so we're just trying to like yeah, change it up a little bit, like leave time and space for us to like enjoy other aspects of life, mm -hmm. uh, whether that's learning other trades or digging into other projects musically or learning just uh, more about our, ourselves and our loved ones and being with our families. And yeah. Yeah. So the focus is just it's just on balance. I just keep going back to that because yeah. it's so hard to find it for anybody in this world. Um, in this time period that we're alive, but uh, um, especially for me, just because where my experience lies, like in this industry, finding balance is, is uh, it's tricky, it's yeah. fleeting. Absolutely. Well, you guys played a great set last night on the main stage here at Winter Wondergrass. Thank you. It sounded incredible. That was so fun. Yeah, I loved it. And um, yeah, I was just wondering how much, uh, how many times have you played Winter Wondergrass? Have you done the different locations? <laughs> Almost every single Winter Wondergrass. Nice. So I think the first year that they did it out um, in Vail, it was not a fully realized festival yet. It was more of like a, a really big parking lot party. Mm -hmm. um, but then the next year they did Vale again and we helped them start that one. Just playing like tweener sets in the side stages and stuff. Okay. And since then we've pretty much done every single one. Uh, but yeah, we did Vale, um, then they moved it to Steamboat. We've done almost every Tahoe one. They introduced a Vermont run a couple years ago. We did that. Um, so we've done, we've been doing winter wondergrasses for almost as long as winter wondergrass exists to the point where, and Mimi was talking about this, um, a little bit yesterday, we did a paste magazine sesh and was talking about this same phenomenon of like this kind of psychedelic feeling of like walking onto site here. And for the most part, it's like a lot of the same production. So kind of this like psychedelic feeling of getting onto site at winter wondergrass, whether it's Tahoe, Steamboat, Vermont, Vale. Um, and it's a lot of the same production staff, hospitality staff, crew, uh, you know, side ops dudes, like all these people. And then the layout of the festival is 
pretty similar. The footprint as far as like main stage here, side stage, side stage, stage here, artist lounge back here, like tram over here. It's like, it's so similar from site to site to the point that now that we've been doing this fest for almost 10 years, it all kind of blurs together into one fest. And, and listen, maybe some of that has to do with the partying, like obscene <laughs> amounts of partying. Um, but mostly it's just like, it's just such this wonderful, uh, like swirl of friends and family and and we've been doing it so long that it's just like so familiar, even with three years off on account of the pandemic, like it's so familiar walking back in and um, it just, yeah, it just, I get all like tingly thinking about it. Um, yeah, I was actually, when we were walking back here, we we're passing by kind of uh, production crew dudes and everyone's all in black photography and, and all those guys are all in black. I'm usually all in black too. I've been trying to like color it up a little bit because <laughs> like I kind of like feel pretty dark in my soul a lot of the time because of the world and stuff. Uh -huh. So I've been trying to kind of battle that, counteract that with some more colorful clothing. But yeah. a lot of the time I'm out back here wearing black and everyone just thinks I'm on staff too. Because <laughs> I just like winter wonderground back here, black backwards cap, black, 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 black. Uh -huh. um, which I would be happy to, I'd be happy to, I've always said if I didn't do the playing side of music, I'd probably still get involved in, in the industry doing this just because, well, it's what I know, but it's what I love. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure, for sure. Well, the last two albums came out a while back uh, in 2020, mm -hmm. and they're kind of released, uh, the, the two studio albums, yeah. released in conjunction with one another. Yeah. And uh, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about those albums and the recording of it and, and all that stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, yeah, Broken at the Break of Day. Well, I guess we did Wild as the Night and then Broken at the Break of Day, but they all kind of came from uh, one session um, or one kind of like series of sessions that we, uh, it has a, a, the most like collaborative songwriting that we've done. We like scheduled time and to hang out and like write and stuff. And then, uh, and then we knocked out all those recordings in Tyler's basement, our drummer, Tyler okay. Thompson, who uh, started a, a recording studio in his house in Pittsburgh, uh, Studio 110, if you want to look it up, it's super easy to find. But he's a, an absolute badass um, producer and engineer. Anytime we've gone into the studio uh, with other engineers, he's in there. He's kind of co-engineering, co co-producing, but he's also just in there soaking up absolutely as much knowledge as he can mm -hmm. about the art of recording. So like now we've done enough work with other engineers and producers that we, he like, he just figures out all the right plugins, all the right gear, all the right preamps and rack mount stuff and mics and blah, blah, blah stuff that I don't really know that much about. <laughs> um, to the point where like we can go into his basement and record stuff that sounds like the stuff we recorded with Tucker Martin, you know? So, right. um, so that was a huge part of this process is just being able to be together. Uh, we don't have kind of the stress time wise and financial wise of like being in a studio and having those limitations. Instead, we can hang out, um, take as many takes as we need to hang on the basement, you know, spark up a joint, like whatever it is. Right. Um, so that, that was an integral part of the process for those two records. And, and as far as splitting them up like that, we just wanted to, um, in this day and age, we felt like, and, and this is kind of like succumbing to the, to the pressures of the algorithm of digital streaming and all this stuff, but it felt more prudent to us to, instead of put out like a 12 track, 14 track album, mm -hmm. split them up 
and we figured out how to do that thematically as far as the songs that are on each one. One is Wild as the Night, and it's a little more of a introspective, um, late night kind of like uh, bittersweet, melancholic, a little more on that tip. Whereas Broken at the Break of Day is kind of the other side of that. The sun's come up, it's a new day, like it's everything's still kind of, but we're going to face it head on, whether it's the world, the politics, our love lives, our family lives, our health, mental, physical, like whatever it is. Right. Um, so it felt good to us to split those up thematically and then also just to have more content to put out more consistently. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, okay, it's been two years, here's an album, like here's what, here's something and then four or five months later, here's the next thing. Right. Uh, which turned out kind of confusing sometimes for as far as doing like press pushes and radio stuff and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then explaining to people, because then we sold it on a vinyl with one EP on each side of the vinyl, hmm. which is, I think, still pretty sweet. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that that process was cool. And, and I'm I, I try not to like be too much of a Debbie Downer about it. But well, a broken at the break of the day, we put out in February of 2022 uh, of 2020. Right. So we we are on that album release tour. And we were doing radio push for it. Our song Dawn, which is the featured single on that album, like we we're going to radio every morning before shows in different towns and playing it acoustic, pushing it, pushing it hard. And it was like really starting to pop. Uh, we were really starting to see some reactions as far as growing numbers in our, in our listener base online, growing numbers at the shows, merch sales, people coming to shows that we'd never seen like in mass and singing songs like singing new sh- like we're used to people coming and, and and singing some of our bigger songs but like to have people come and be like belting out the words to brand new like okay this is starting to catch yeah um we played a show in philly uh where we'll be back at next week actually um where like it was packed and they're singing dawn and we're like what's happening and, and it was like kind of one of these great moments where we're like okay this let's keep we're on the right path um, let's keep pushing this. And then like two nights later, we canceled tour because coronavirus was like taking over. Yeah. Uh, which is so the tale of every band, artist, um, every industry, like everyone has like, oh, I was so close and then COVID, damn it. <laughs> so it's like not a new, a new song uh, to sing by any means, but yeah. I'm a little bitter about it. I'm not going to lie. But it's tough. It's It's all the work, you know. You guys put a ton of work into stuff like that, you know. Yeah. It's disappointing to see that happen. It's a bit disappointing, but try and just put one foot in front of the other and. Yeah, I had talked to uh, Jay right before Winter Wondergrass 2020, um, and um, we're, we talked about that song and, yeah. and the whole thing. And um, I, I sat on that uh, interview because you know this got canceled and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So yeah, it was all. Um, yeah, you guys were doing a lot of work right there. Yeah, you know. And, uh, yeah, and, and we we're we we're grinding, man. We were grinding. We we're doing like I said, 150 to 200 shows a year, and like waking up at sunrise to go do radio plays before driving to the venue and all this. Just like everything we possibly could. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having time off maybe kind of disillusioned us from that lifestyle a little bit, like we were talking about earlier, but, um, you know, the future's unwritten and, uh, we're writing new songs We're uh, we just had a writing session a couple weeks ago, have stuff we're really excited about and just want to keep pushing forward and, and doing it however makes sense instead of doing it how we think we should do it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, as far as as far as like just completely grinding to the point of burnout 
and resentment and you know want, want to keep it fun um want to keep it real and keep it honest and keep it genuine so mm-hmm. yeah so as far as uh, songwriting goes you guys got a, a bunch of talented musicians in the band how do, how do you break up duties as far as songwriting we've always um we've always we, we've got the three main songwriters with me mimi naja and and jay cobb anderson um so historically it's like we would someone would just show everyone a song they wrote and we'd figure out parts for it and start playing it um and uh, as far as the breakdown like jay jay writes jay has hundreds and hundreds of songs <laughs> so when we do these like sessions where we come together like what well, see what you got he's like going through a, a volume of stuff like maybe this would work with fruition meanwhile i'm like i wrote a song last year here it is <laughs> uh but generally speaking like one of the three of us comes to the table with a song and teaches it to everyone and we figure out how to make it a fruition song whether that's adding harmonies um what kind of style of song it should be what instrumentation um these days though we're kind of like doing more co-writes so the last session we had is kind of like okay i have this kind of cool little piano chord progression and maybe a melody but no words no chorus no fleshed out um fully realized song which has been so cool and so fun um like my voice memo like library on my phone is just full of little like licks and chord progressions and stupid little me humming stuff and now it's really fun because we can take all three of us do that so we can take that to the table and be like what should we do with this and then you get a greater than the sum of your parts moments which is what fruition has always tried to cultivate and embrace um and so this kind of the logical next step for us is just like fully fledged co-writes kind of like letting your ego down like not being like this is my song i want it to be this way this is my full vision for it and that'll still happen from time to time but being able to let go um of like that feeling of ownership of a song and like instead like collectively owning it kind of like a communal owning of this of this music so it's like here's this cool progression and then jay will come and be like oh that like those the colors of those chords make me think of this and he'll write a little rhyme and then it's like oh that's a sweet thing for a chorus and these songs just kind of like end up snowballing into something beautiful and i think for us like that's kind of how dawn was written and i think that's probably why it was successful is because it's all of our voices um not just singing but all of our voices in inside the writing process of the song creation of the song makes it uh special and 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 just makes it art absolutely yeah so um was uh yeah i was going to talk to you about don a little bit um was was that kind of a a pretty unique song and part of the moving into that in that new style yeah we me and mimi and jay uh when Mimi was living out in Asheville, North Carolina a few years ago, we flew out there just to hang and exchange ideas and eat and drink and be merry. And um, we were actually on a break, I think, when that one came to be. Uh, and Mimi was just, I think it was Mimi just playing as a bum, 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 this little lick on the guitar. Uh-huh. And her and Jay just started like making up verses where, not even verses, but just like little couplets uh-huh. where one, the end of one would be the last word of that one would be the first word of the next part so that it was kind of like a word game almost right. they're just like doing wordplay to the point where like oh this is a song let's wordplay this until it's a full song <laughs> <laughs> um and it's just one of those happy 
I, w- I would almost say happy accents because she's just strumming and it's like, oh, what's that you got there? And <laughs> and um, and that's what you want. That's the whole reason you we realize that we need to set aside these times to just like hang out, play, exchange ideas because more often than not, like wholly more often than not, something happens, something cool comes of it. Yeah. Um, if everyone's just willing to kind of be present and let go. Yeah. Absolutely. Do, do you do that a lot? Um, like, do you do it in the studio? Um, or do you guys meet up uh, somewhere else? I know it, the studio is in Pittsburgh, you said, right? Yeah. So we've, it's kind of we've done writing stuff like that in the studio, and we're trying to, we're trying to do that more. Um, it, yeah, it's crazy to think of, like, like watching, like, the Beatles doc and stuff, and, like, like even reading about them before that, like, they're, like, full-on writing songs in the studio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... I was impressed and, by that, too. And, and, and yet, just, like... I, that always just blew my mind. And now I kind of get that a little more. Um, if you just like, it, I, I've, I've been so protective of songs in the past. And so um, like, I want it to be perfect and I want it to be a fully realized thing instead of just like kind of around, find something cool and let someone else riff off that. Mm-hmm. And that was so crucial to the Beatles success. It's just like one of them playing this thing, Paul playing this thing and then John being like, cool that's great let's let's go with that yeah or or paul just being like some like we need a chorus let's write a chorus and it's just like i'd never i'd never thought of songwriting that way it's always been so personal for me and so like much just as much a a journal and a therapy session as it is um an art making thing yeah so to open it up into more of a i don't want to say recreational but like collective fun activity um, without some of the guardrails of this is my song this is how I want it to be like that is just like opens up an entire new world like creating art is already already always been mind blowing to me because it's it's magic you're creating something out of nothing yeah Uh, and that's with whatever medium your art is Uh um, not just songs so like so to, to then expand that to like being able to make that magic on the spot with more than just one person, mm-hmm. that's kind of the beauty of Dawn. And at the end of the day, we co-wrote like that. And then this last writing session we did was all that. It was all, some of it was full of more, more realized songs, but just like bringing ideas to the table and, and just bouncing, bouncing them off each other. Yeah until something exists. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think it's the song Get Back in those Beatles sessions where yeah. he starts with the bass riff, you know, and then you can see the song. There's a point where the song exists and you're yeah. like, it's almost like, like you oh, gave sh- birth to that song yeah, right there. Just watch them right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so cool yeah. to watch. I love that. So uh, speaking of collaboration, I, I really like your guys' harmonies. Really cool mm-hmm. stuff with that. And um, you guys, one of the last songs in the set last night was uh, the Crosby, Stills, and Nash song. Yeah, uh, baby. The Sweet, Sweet Judy, Judy Blue, Blue Eyes. Eyes. Yeah. Oh my God. You guys, Nail that. The, Thank it's you. Perfect. And yeah. I, I, can you talk about that? Where, how that one kind of came? That's to be? like we, man. Ever since we became a band, so we kind of started off just busking, um, and, and so a lot of that. That's why three part harmonies have been such an integral. Have been kind of the foundation of this band, mm-hmm. is harmonies, and a lot of that is because when you're out on the street playing, you got to get people's attention. 
Right. And one dude with an acoustic guitar in his case open, like, can't usually really command people's attention for more than a few seconds as they walk by. Right. But three people singing three-part harmonies, like, that's that'll stop you. And so that's been something we've leaned on for 15 plus years now. And ever since the early days, people kind of like would make the Crosby, Stills, Nash connection. Like, you guys kind of like do that kind of thing. Like, because you're not used to hearing people belting out three-part harmonies. It's not like necessarily a big part of pop music these days. And and even amongst our peers, like it, everyone's doing three-part harmonies if they have three singers in the band. But it's not necessarily the focal point of, of what... Um, what how we identify ourselves as a band and so we've always wanted to do Crosby Stills and that and it's always been so intimidating mm -hmm. because it's so perfect <laughs> they just sound like such songbirds and obviously they're still um, the goats in that department if you ask me um, yeah. but we're finally like this last couple years um, coming out of the pandemic not that we're necessarily out of it, but you know what I mean. Right, right. Um, trying to like, this, these covers that we've been afraid to do and these things that we've been intimidated by, like, why? Why why let that control us? Why not just dig into it mm -hmm. and learn it right and do it and, and, and get over that fear of up or, or of not being able to? And, and so, yeah, this last time that we got together before playing the Mission Ballroom in Colorado, we... Uh, it came back up like be sweet to do some CSN and like and Jay had figured out the guitar part like David Crosby I think plays that but it's like this super weird tuning it's like E E E E B E it's like really? this insane tuning <laughs> that only works for this song but he figured out the guitar like I, I gotta give a lot of credit to Jay for for kind of spearheading that mission because the rest of us don't have to do all that much he's a uh, kind of that, that I, I didn't realize how crucial the guitar part was to that song until we were huh. just doing guitar and vocals and so, like you couldn't really just like fake it with a regular tuning yeah um, it's so so quintessential part of that song uh, but yeah we just like decided to like get over it and and try it out and now we do it yeah that's awesome <laughs> and I get to sing the Spanish part at the the very last part which is super fun <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I didn't know about the guitar tuning. I've never even tried to play that. But even the timing in that song is a little yeah. weird, too. Well, and it's really like, it's set up like a classical, it's a sweet, uh -huh. you know, it's sweet Judy Blue Eyes, S-U-I-T-E. Right. Sweet colon Judy Blue Eyes. So it's essentially three movements. Huh. Um, it's three different songs. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, like I said, people have been making the Crosby, Stills, Nash connection for us for all these years, which is like humbling and like very sweet and we're always like yeah thanks yeah and it's cool but like easy because <laughs> uh, that's Crosby Stills Nash right. um, but we can do uh -huh. and we just have to kind of believe in ourselves and do it just do it and we did the same thing like this last last summer we we've always wanted to play Radiohead we've always wanted to play um, Paranoid Android because oh, yeah. Mimi like every once in a while she, she's always done that acoustic guitar riff that it starts with and every time she plays she's like oh man we should play that so, no it's too hard it's too weird it's Radiohead <laughs> like who plays a Radiohead cover yeah uh, but it was that same thing of like why why shouldn't we right. why don't we just set aside the next couple of hours and fucking figure it out yeah and now it's in the arsenal yeah you know That's so cool. it's, it's pretty I'm pretty I'm pretty lucky 
to be surrounded by musicians um, that are down to take those risks and take those chances. So in this band, in any band, that's when you make progress and that's when you make moves, that's when you make waves, that's when you get people's attention is when you take risks. Yeah. So, yeah, it's trying, even if we're not um, touring as much, we're still trying to figure out how to take those risks and, and like keep it fresh, you yeah. know? Right. So in the next uh, year coming up, next few months, whatnot, you got some new projects coming out? What, what, what are the plans for, uh, for the rest of this year? Uh, we got, we're, we're touring a good little amount between this East Coast run we're about to do and then a summer full of festivals and then uh, a West Coast run in August. Um, but mostly the main focus this year is kind of getting together a new album. We've already begun writing for it. Um, and just, you know, just like the, the classic, very easy process of just trying to write a gold record. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> like we, we're, I was sitting here last night watching the end of the String Dusters set and they actually had to load out from their set, their bus call was 11 p.m. because they had to drive to the Grammys because they're nominated for a Grammy. They're, actually, those dudes are out on the red carpet right now. And I was just thinking like, that'd be cool. It'd be cool to win a Grammy or even just like be, you know, it's obviously not the end all be all of, of uh, achievements as an artist. Like that's individually defined and, and shouldn't really be defined at all. But like, yeah, the, fo the focus this year instead of touring is, is writing gold hits, you know, yeah. that'll withstand the test of time that aren't just, um, that aren't gimmicky, that aren't giving into whatever the trend is at the time, just like doing us, um, taking risks and not really giving a fuck. I like it. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like the MO of your band so far. So yeah, it always kind of has that, been. Know? And and I think that, I think when we start to give too much of a, or if we lean too much into like, let's give the people what they want instead of like, let's represent our art how we want. Um, that's when it maybe gets stale or boring or that's when it feels more like work. Mm -hmm. When that's, that's why so much emphasis is, is for touring with us is doing it behind a new album because it's exciting. It's right. exciting to get to play new songs and to watch the songs evolve um, from their birth into like when they'll be on a record into three years down the line when you've played it 150 times live and you can see what works and how to change it and that's exciting to me. So the, the goal for this year is getting it out and then hopefully next year, you know, just doing a, a Grammy tour. I like it. <laughs> awesome. Well, the, uh, the the set last night was fantastic. You guys sounded great. And Thanks, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. So good luck out there on the road and good luck with all your projects and whatnot. Appreciate that. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Kellen for taking the time out of his busy schedule to chat with me. It was a fun conversation in the shadow of the beautiful Sierra Nevada mountains. Check them out online. And while you're at it, give me a follow, like, and subscribe to my show and tell a friend. It really does help the show. Until next time, everybody. Have a good one.